When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There it is. Yes, there it is. What's up? Welcome into Best on the Board here at The Athletic. It is Friday, November 19th. We are getting into week 11. Best bets on this episode of Best on the Board. Michael Beller and Casey Joyner here with you to talk through three picks apiece. Casey, we were talking before we got going. Hard for me to uh, narrow things down here to three. There are quite a bit of plays that I like this week, which actually makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because I don't know. I don't know what I, I mean. I had trouble. I had trouble narrowing it down to three today. I don't know what I'm going to do in this uh, next 72 hours or 48 hours leading up to Sunday. Got a lot of decisions to make between now and then. Yeah, it does seem that there are a lot of picks on the board that are. Uh, I think there are situations where the betting public hasn't necessarily caught up to where the teams are, and that affords opportunities because if you, if you can see where the teams are before everybody else does, that kind of closes the gap. So I'm with you there. I think there's a few opportunities of that nature. Look, we got to be honest here, Casey. Part of the reason that we're uncomfortable, at least I'll speak for myself, part of the reason that I'm uncomfortable is that in this space here on Fridays, you know, we're uh, we're trudging along. I'm 11 and 15 on the season after a two and one week last week. You're 10, 18 and one after a one and two week. We will give you a bit of a pass. We have to count it as a loss for the purposes of record keeping on this show. Transparency very key in this wild west betting world that we are in. But one of your picks was Rams minus four against the 49ers. And about an hour or so after you and I recorded this episode last week, we learned about Robert Woods tearing his ACL. And uh, you said you wouldn't have made that pick. I totally understand why you wouldn't have made that pick. So uh, you got to live with the pick on the show. But hopefully it wasn't something you actually then made in real life. No, I was able to pull out of that one in time and things. And again, and he's so central. He's not just central to their passing game. He's central mm-hmm. to their running game, what they do with those condensed formations and such. And it's just it's so hard to replace him when you're replacing yeah. the, those two elements. And I, you could see um, in Monday night that their offense was really out of sync, and I think that's why because they were down to cup and that's it. Yeah, and hopefully uh, that's something they can figure out going forward because uh, that's a team that's got Super Bowl aspirations, legitimate ones, and so like to see them be at that peak once we are really progressing through the end of the regular season. That's not what we're concerned with, though, on this episode of Best on the Board. We are concerned with our Week 11 best bet. So let's get into it, KC. We are going to start with, I think, the only total that either of us is putting up. Yeah, the only total that either of us is putting up. And, I mean, KC, what says I have to bet on this game Quite like Dolphins and Jets. Quite like Joe Flacco <laughs> back at the helm for the New York Jets. The total, 45.5 on Bet MGM. What do you got for us on this game? I, I mean, the Jets, how terrible is their defense? They've allowed 175 <laughs> points in the last four games. They get even worse when you look at it even closer. They've allowed 430 or more offensive yards in five of the past six, 26 first downs in five of the past six, 26 or more, I should say. 399 rushing yards over the past two weeks. If they, if you take away the two meaningless turnovers they generated last mm-hmm. week when they were down 38-3, to they've taken the ball five times all year. They don't do 
anything well. You can run on yeah. them. You can pass on them. Miami gets Tua back. I think, by the way, Flacco, what they let Mike White do a couple weeks ago when he threw the ball out, I think they'll let Flacco do that yeah. if this turns into a shootout, which with their defense it almost assuredly will. <laughs> and I think I think uh, Miami, Miami put up 22 against uh, Baltimore, and the Jets' defense is – and Baltimore's not a good defense, by the mm-hmm. way, but the Jets' defense is uh, going at a historically bad pace. And I just think – Expecting this to be a 24-21 game, I'm just seeing too many pass to over. Like last week in the Cleveland-New England game, you know, that I got the over on. But it, there's, I just see just as many pass mm-hmm. in this contest to be able to be a high-scoring game. And if that's the case, I just think 45 is a reachable number. It's a good point that you make there because I don't think that you thought that game was going over by virtue of 45-7 New England. But as you say, there yeah. are multiple paths to getting there, and that was one of the paths that had to at least be in the back of your mind, and that I think is at play in this game as well. And you know, you mentioned all the good points for the Dolphins. This is not a bet that I'm going to be making personally. If I were forced to pick an over or an under, I would be with you on the over. The other thing that I'll add to it is you know, when you go back to that Mike White game that you referenced, that was the game that Michael Carter and Ty Johnson combined for like 16 catches on 23 targets for like 170 yards. And like Joe Flacco has always been a guy who's been willing to use his running backs in the passing game. And that's really what the Jets have to do. That was a game that Corey Davis wasn't out there. So maybe they had a little bit inflated of a role without Corey Davis. We know that Davis is back for the Jets back last week. Um, But that really is sort of everything that Joe Flacco does well, right? He does near the near the line of scrimmage well and he can throw a decent deep ball and that's like all he's gonna do and you can't really ask him to do anything too intermediate and so maybe we see some nice plays out of those running backs some nice plays out of Corey Davis deep down the field I like this play not one that I'm making myself but definitely the way I would lean if I were forced to lean one way or the other and hey we got to find a way to make Dolphins Jets enjoyable, right? <laughs> it's going to be on. It's not banished to London starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time or anything like that. So we got to find a way to make it fun, make it enjoyable. Why not bet the over and shoot for some points in what could be a sneaky, high-scoring game? I'm going to go to one other game for my pick that we don't really need any excuse to make enjoyable because I do think that Colts and Bills is one of the best games on the Week 11 slate. I like the Colts getting seven points in this game in Buffalo. And I, I look at what the Titans, or excuse me, what the Bills have done this season in the three games they've lost. They're 5-3-1 and one against the spread on the year. All three of their against the spread losses double as their three actual losses. And I look at their loss to the Titans as instructive for this game against the Colts because what did the Titans do in that game? They rode Derrick Henry. He had uh, 143 yards and three touchdowns on 20 carries. He had a 76-yard touchdown run. And then they got a super efficient performance from Ryan Tannehill in the second half of that game when he completed 14 to 17 passes for eight and a half yards per attempt. If there's one team in the NFL that is built closely enough to try to duplicate that exact script against the Bills, it's the Indianapolis Colts, and it is all because of Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz, not quite as efficient as Ryan Tannehill, a little bit more mistake-prone than Ryan Tannehill. But Jonathan Taylor is the foundation of this Colts offense the same way that Derrick Henry is the foundation of the uh, Titans offense. And so the the, uh, Colts can do exactly what the Titans did in the second half of that game where they controlled the clock. They had five more minutes of possession than the Bills did in that game. They had more than one yard per play more than what the uh, Bills had in the second half of that game. And the Colts can follow, I think, that same sort of formula. The The Titans ended up winning that game outright. I'm not saying the Colts are going to do that to the Bills. 
But seven points, a touchdown here. I think if the Colts are able to do what they want to do stylistically, and they've shown us over the last six weeks now that they can pretty reliably do what they want to do stylistically, whether they win or lose, they're going to be able to keep this game within a touchdown. Too many points, Bill straight up, but Colts with the seven is where I'm going on this one. Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, I mean, the Colts last week, uh, they scored 23 against Jacksonville. I had them, you know, I had them over, I had a covering 10 and a half Mm -hmm. last week, and they had it at halftime, and then they took their foot off the gas, which was something they ought not to have done. But they before that, they had scored 31 or more points in four straight games, and I think they've got the capacity to do it against the Bills. As good as the Bills' defense is, I think they don't handle – if you punch them in the mouth, that's what they don't like. They don't handle it well, and the Titans did that to them. And the Colts, they're not quite as physical as Tennessee, but mm-hmm. they're phys- more than physical enough, and Taylor is just he, – he's a phenom. He's, yeah. he's he's the best back in the league with, with Henry. And even Henry, with Henry was out here right now playing, you could still could say, okay, Taylor's that close. At least so have they the can, argument. Yep, had the argument. So they're going to be able, I think, like I said, they'll, yeah, they'll be able to, to go that smash mouth route that Buffalo doesn't like. And I think, yeah, mm-hmm. to, to cover by seven, I think it's going to be uh, trouble for Buffalo. I'm with you on both parts on that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Buffalo in that game, I referenced against the Titans, they did basically what they want to do offensively. They got a really nice game out of Josh Allen, not quite peak Josh Allen, but he threw for 340 yards, seven and a half yards per attempt, three touchdowns. They didn't run the ball a lot. I mean, that's that's what the Bills do. And the Titans were still right there with them. The, the Bills were only covering, it was a six-point spread in that game. They were covering for about a 10-minute stretch from late in the third to early in the fourth in that one. So this is, uh, you know, this I feel like is a good spot for the Colts. Don't need to come, you know, all that close to winning outright right to be able to cover the seven and I think that they ultimately do do that and that this is a actually a very competitive game similar to what we saw in the first round of the playoffs last season when these two teams got together and the Colts gave the Bills a real run for their money before the Bills advanced on to the second round next game up on our list here KC is actually the first time that we've gone head-to-head on a straight-up pick. We've uh, obviously disagreed with one another. We have leaned against the other person's pick, but we've never had a best bet where one of us is on one side and the other is on the other side. That is exactly what we have in Titans and Texans. Titans, 10.5-point favorites in this game at home against Houston. You are on the favorite, Tennessee. I am on the underdog, Houston. I'll let you make your case first. Well, I mean, the loss of Derrick Henry, it's obviously changed the, the Titans offense. They're not what they were, and you wouldn't expect them to be if you lose mm-hmm. arguably the best player in the NFL. Uh, they've only posted 135 more rush yards in two games since he was gone, but they're still playing the same brand of football, the same style of football. They're still power running an offense. They're still vertical passing off of that. And they posted wins over the Rams and the Saints, consecutive mm-hmm. wins. <clears throat> They've got a powerful defense to plays. When, when we talk about power football, we think so much of, okay, you're going to be down here running on offense and what you do there. But on defense, their front seven is dynamic. Their front seven uh, attacks offenses in very effective ways. And they've allowed 100 or fewer rushing yards in all but two games this year. You're not going to win the battle of the ground game against them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Houston – Houston can't run the ball anyway as they begin with. I think they're not going to be able to do it at all. And as much as I'm on Tyrod Taylor's bandwagon, I picked him a few weeks ago thinking he'd come back and turn this offense around – he still looked rusty. They're coming off the bye, so it's possible they'll do better. But I just don't think when you've got an offense that has scored a single-digit point total on five occasions, we saw that that Taylor's just not a guy who's going to be able to turn that around. Now I'll say this: we're going to pick at it. I think the line still is at minus ten and a half for Tennessee. 
I would, if I could, if I had the option, I'd buy it down to 10. I'd be you know, change my odds a little bit, but I would buy it down mm-hmm. to 10 just to make sure I didn't have that half point sitting there as a thorn in the side. I still think that Tennessee is going to be different than in Indianapolis, where Indianapolis didn't keep their foot on the floor, which is odd for them, but they didn't do it. I think they, they got a little complacent last week after they got ahead. I think Tennessee in this game, when they get ahead of Houston, they're going to keep ahead of Houston because I think that uh, when I'm going late in the year, I'm looking at two things. I'm looking at if you play power football and if you and your injuries are two things I'm basically looking for. And I think Tennessee is going to play power football, and they're going to do it the whole game through because that's just the way Vrabel goes. So I think that they, they keep going, and they're going to do like uh, – like the Colts did last week against the Jags, except for they're going to keep it up for four quarters, and I think they uh, they went by two touchdowns. Well argued, KC. Well argued indeed, but wrong. I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> it's just wrong. I just I think this is too many points for a Titans team that has looked very different without Derrick Henry. I agree with you. No shame in looking very different without Derrick Henry. Any team would look very different if they lost the engine of their offense. That's just how it is. And we got to give the, them credit where credit is due. 2-0 and oh, since losing Derrick Henry with a win over the Rams and then a win over a potentially playoff team in the New Orleans Saints. Like, that is very impressive. You got to hand it to Mike Vrabel. You got to hand it to the guys who are still left healthy in Tennessee. They've done really, really well and set themselves up to be the number one seed in the AFC. That is absolutely true. And you got to hand it to them. But they have looked a lot different, and this is a huge number to lay on a team that what they've done over these two wins, Casey, I'm not sure is something that is predictive of what they can continue to do. What is predictive of what they will continue to do is the fact that they have averaged 229 total yards in the two games that they have played without Derrick Henry. 229. If that were their full season number, that would be 50 yards behind the worst team in the NFL, which is the Houston Texans, their yards per play over those two games down at 4.02. That would also be last in the NFL, 0.7 yards behind the 32nd ranked Chicago Bears. This offense, Casey, frankly, has been bad since losing Derrick Henry. And this is a big, big number, regardless of opponent, when this team is still figuring out out what they're going to be without Derrick Henry. That win against the Rams... Yeah, a great win. A great win on paper. You can't take it away from them. But they get a really bad decision, a boneheaded play from Matthew Stafford on an interception that sets them up with first and goal from the two. The Rams' very next play from scrimmage is a pick six. You have to give the Titans credit for creating those plays. They got the pressure on Matthew Stafford, but he could have just held it, ate in it, kicked a, had a punt, and then they're taking over at midfield rather than on the two-yard line. The pick six, good disguise in the defense from the Titans. But that's not something that you can say, oh, they were able to disguise the defense fool Matthew Stafford. They're going to do that to Rod Taylor and get a pick six out of that as well. Those are just not bankable plays from week to week. And the way that they have scored over these last two weeks without, without Derrick Henry just doesn't feel to me as something that they can count on repeating week in and week out. You couple that with a spread that basically treats this as though the Titans are at full strength. It's too much for me, KC. I like the Texans in this one. I just I, I'm with you that the Titans are not playing anywhere 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 near as well on offense. I just haven't seen anything from Houston's office to make me that I could see Houston easily putting up single digit point total again. And if they do that, then I say, okay, can 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 Houston get to yeah? If you're talking that the Tennessee scores six points, nine points. <laughs> okay, can I get Houston? To, can I get Tennessee to twenty? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think I could do that. That that's where I'm at. But if Houston, mind you, if Houston plays, then my concern about this pick, if I have one concern about this pick, mm-hmm. is if Tyrod Taylor plays like he did in weeks one and two, when he was yep. in the first six weeks of the year, he played really well. When he was, if that if that guy shows up, yeah, okay, then I don't think this game's going to go uh, as expected. And they're coming out of a bye week for Houston, mm-hmm. so that, that it's two possible that they do it. 
two more weeks removed from his injury. We yeah. that first game back, you and I both liked the Texans in that spot. It didn't work out yep. for us. There was some clear rust there. Now he's two weeks beyond that coming out yep. of the bye. Woo, it, KC. It, 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 if he plays to that level, but they can't run the ball. They, they are going to be a one-dimensional team. Mm-hmm. They can't run the ball, and he was very pick-prone against. You know, when, he, when he came back against the Dolphins, I just, I keep seeing. I, I want to see Houston's offense get back to where it was before. I, and I just don't think they'll get. This is not a game. I think that they'll get there. You can give them a, a different mm-hmm. contest. Hey, when they play, you know, I, I think the week after this, they play the Jets, and if you you give them that defense, yeah, I just don't think they're going to do it against the Tennessee defense because Tennessee defense is that dynamic, and and I could see them getting a pick six in this game too. And if they do, again, it makes it a lot more difficult for Houston to cover. So, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, KC, one more pick a piece. Let's get through these ones relatively quickly here. You sure. are going to a, a, a road favorite, a big road favorite, 49ers, coming off that win against the Rams, six-and-a-half-point faves in Jacksonville. Let's hear the rationale on this one. Rationale is that, I mean, 49ers got back to play in the type of football that got into the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they leaned on a power-rushing attack. They crushed the Rams. Mm-hmm. I think also San Francisco, you hate seeing injuries to a team, but look at what they've got. They've got... Kittle, they've got Kittle now playing mm-hmm. like Kittle. They've yes. got Wilson just in case Eli Mitchell can't play. Wilson's a very good back if you put him in there for a short period of time. I'm looking at their offense going, okay, we already know they've got Debo both in the backfield and catching you know, <laughs> in his regular spot. He can, again, you play outside zone with Debo. Oh, my gosh, you're going to get it. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk is playing at a, at a tremendous level. I mean, if you've got those people, if you've got all five of those people, if you get, if you get Mitchell playing as well, you've got five mm-hmm. impactful players on that offense, and you've got, uh, you've got Garoppolo playing better, so I, I like that. I, Jacksonville isn't anywhere near as bad as people have generally thought. And mind you, when they beat Buffalo, it's a trap game for Buffalo. I think San Francisco's not set up for a trap game right now. They're three three and one on the road this year. So mm-hmm. I think they're a good road team. I think they're gonna I think they're going to this contest realizing they need to win. I think uh they're gonna give Jacksonville everything that they have and with the offensive firepower that they have and again fresh players. Kittle and Wilson are gonna be fresh. Yeah. These are guys who haven't been worn down by the season. I think Jacksonville's starting to show signs of wear and tear from the season and uh, I think uh, by the way, Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like he's starting to look like a rookie who's realizing mm-hmm. this is a 17-game schedule and he's <laughs> not playing very well either. So I think that I think it should be more like a, a 10-point line for for San Francisco and six and a half. I love it. All right, my last pick of the week, KC, is going to be on the Carolina Panthers, three-point favorites in Washington. I considered the Chiefs-Cowboys over 55.5 in this spot. I considered Packers minus 1.5 at the Vikings in this spot, kind of like the Bears getting 5.5 points at home against the Ravens. But ultimately, Panthers minus 3 is the pick for me because – Cam Newton really does change this team. And I know we still might just be getting the 2020 version of Cam Newton, but he was in New England, not very good, not super effective throwing the ball, but still a very dangerous runner of the football. We've got a fully healthy Christian McCaffrey back in the fold. We saw what that does for this offense last week against Arizona. And even if we're getting the 2020 throwing the ball version of Cam Newton, is that any worse than the first five weeks of the season with Sam Darnold? I mean, be realistic. Is that any worse than what we saw from Sam Darnold before 
he hit the injured reserve. There is no way that it is. Cam Newton changes the entire look of that offense. This is a defense that has been very good all season long, second in EPA, according to True Media. And they're going up against a Washington offense that really hasn't been able to get anything going all season. 29 points against Tampa last week, but 10 of those points came off of two Tom Brady interceptions that set them up in Tampa territory. Again, like I was talking about with the Titans, that's just not repeatable. It's not bankable sort of offensive production. I think Washington's going to have a really tough time against this Carolina defense. I will admit I'm a little bit concerned that it's been stuck at like two and a half, three all week. I would feel better if this was creeping up to three and a half, four. It feels like a little bit of a bait being offered out on the Panthers. Come on, Cam Newton's back. You saw it, I'm back. He only wants to, you only, they only have to lay three. All you can do is lay three. Of course you want to bet on the Panthers. A little bit of a concern there, but this is a much better, I think this was a better team even with Sam Darnold. It's a much better team with Cam Newton, Carolina versus Washington. So I will take the bet rather than it being a trap, that it being that the line just hasn't yet adjusted to what the Panthers are with Cam Newton, with a healthy Christian McCaffrey. That defense is getting a little bit overlooked. Really like the Panthers in this spot. I like the fact they got Robbie Anderson involved finally. Mm-hmm. I mean, fantasy managers have been just, just, just hating life who had him because <laughs> he just he did nothing, and you kept expecting he's going to do something. They finally got him involved, and if you get him involved and get DJ Moore, and you've got Robbie Anderson, if that's the case, and and may, who knows, maybe because Cam Newton's always like to play favorites at receiver, and if he hits Robbie Anderson, he starts saying he's one of my favorites, and maybe mm-hmm. Anderson's going to. I like that Anderson might bounce back with that. And you start adding. I'm still not sold to Washington's defense either. Washington's yep. defense has played better but you just saw what they did earlier this year and go well, I don't like that mm-hmm. and see him see it full strength too I, I don't think that's being accounted for because uh Gibson even though he's looking better after at least the shin injury you know, they had the bye week and he's looking better uh he's not in CMC's league so I like the big playability for the Panthers yeah no Chase Young as we know for Washington he is out for the rest of the season and you made that last point for me I totally forgot about a huge change for Cam Newton in regards to the weaponry he has available to him he did not play well it wasn't all just what he had or didn't have in New England last year but it is a major upgrade going from what he had in New England last year to Christian McCaffrey DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson a huge huge upgrade for him that I think he can take full advantage of Love the Panthers, minus three against Washington, and love doing the Friday episode of Best on the Board for all of you out there. For Casey Joyner, I am Michael Beller. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching on YouTube, those of you who did. Thank you for listening to the podcast, for those of you who did that as well. Have a great weekend. Good luck with everything, and as always, happy betting. We'll talk to you next week.